0: Welcome to The Middle, an exploration into the organisational layer that has the biggest impact on overall performance. In this podcast series, Stephen Wilson from Birmingham City University discusses the issues with executives from both the private and public sectors. For alerts of the next program don't forget to click the follow button so today i'm delighted to welcome tony taylor who's the managing director of gibbs and dandy which is a unit of the Sangaban condominium organization and uh, i do hope you'll bear in mind that this is in a, a hotel corridor and so there's going to be a fair amount of uh, clattering of trolleys um, but tony welcome to the program thank you Stephen. it's nice to be here I'd like to start, if I may, with this interesting issue that as managing director of a business unit, clearly in that scope, you are top of the heap, uh, senior manager. But as far as the conglomerate's concerned, you're very much a middle manager uh, of, of a numerous array of units. And I just thought it would be interesting to discuss how you see that role within the Sangaban organization, because clearly you have peer organizations in rather similar roles in in different parts of the market. How do you find this issue of negotiating for a mandate of of what your unit is allowed to do and,
1: and where the boundaries are? Yeah, you know, most of the time, you know, we're um, self-sufficient. We can carry on as we want to um, in many ways um, and in, implement our plans very, very quickly. Um, but from time to time, you know, we do need to deal with the broader organization, you know, the Sengoban level business. Um, and when you do so, um, that's when sometimes you have to deal with a lot more people. You have to deal with sometimes some politics um, and you have to get involved and, and learn how to, how to navigate around those types of things. There's a lot of people
0: and a
1: lot of structure to, to, to
0: as you say, navigate around. And, and I guess in your specifics, you, you have some units who are parallel in terms of serving overlapping markets, neighboring markets, but you also have some units inside the organization that you're, are your suppliers.
1: Correct. Yeah, we do. Yeah. And, you know, and the challenges as well, sometimes, you know, from us, you know, the manufacturing businesses that we have are, you know, are quite separate to the building distribution businesses. Um, The manufacturing businesses, of course, they deal with our competition as well, um, which obviously that's why they're kept separate from us um, to a certain extent. Um, But of course, you know, from a building distribution perspective, um, you know, we do have to deal with the other building distribution brands as well. um, And we do go into a chief exec Um, and have to go through those channels. That neighbouring
0: relationship uh, with other distribution businesses, uh, there must be some geographic issues there in terms of whose customers they are. Do you have a definition in terms of, for example, whether you service national house builders? Um, For example, uh, do you have geographic exclusion areas where you will only work? How how does that
1: neighbour... Uh, resolution occur it's a very good question um you know so have I talked about you know um, the brand that we look after and I look after Gibbs Gibson Dandy, um, it's a small brand, you know, so we're dealing with small to medium sized customers, although we do have some very, very big branches and some of those do deal with very big customers as well. But they're not our target customers such. Um, but sometimes there is a conflict between the, the customers that we look after and the customers that the other Sega Van sort of building distribution businesses look after as well. Um, and then it comes down to you know what is the right thing to do by the customer um That's obviously the ultimate goal that we would always try and get to um but obviously sometimes it can be a little bit messy in in doing that between the two brands or whatever it is who's being involved in those discussions
0: in uh, in parallel situations I've come across conflicts which are very difficult to resolve because the two neighboring brands report through different directors, correct. Do you report through the same director which resolves some issues or do you have the same sorts of
1: issues that arise? Yeah, we have the same sorts of issues. Um, you know, To be fair, my boss, um, he looks after a number of different brands. Um, but you know, it's not really appropriate for me to be going to him, to speak to him always about what another brand has been doing. It's always best if we try and organise these things and deal with them within our own level of the business um, very rarely is it appropriate, really, to get to get the you know the more senior person involved in some of these quite low-level political discussions. Sometimes that we might have, mm. I often refer to it as boundary
0: skirmishing. Mm. This this notion that um, the customer kind of straddles two brands and two territories. Um, you know, your approach of saying we'll do right for the customer. Mm. Uh, has a lot of credibility to it, obviously. Uh, But in terms of internally, you have these issues that you might have to send trucks to service a customer a lot further than would your neighbouring brand.
1: Uh. When you're dealing with um, conflicts between the different brands that you've got in the organisation, it depends what level of the organisation you're dealing with 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 regards to those issues. So... For example, if you're if you're talking about you know a local salesperson um, that is working in either of the two brands, um, you know really you know quite often you know they're very very you know um, short in terms of their site you know they're very very sort of you know local um, they don't necessarily think about the broader picture in terms of you Know if two brands within the same organization were fighting for the same part, same customer, um, or same business, you know, typically that would mean that Sangoban building distribution would earn less margin because, you know, in, in effect, you know, their two brands are going to go into a price war. Um, which, you know, our, our our level of the organization, you know, that is that is um, something that we do understand. Um, but then when you take it to the local level. You know, it's it's kind of every man for themselves to a certain extent. Um, and, you know, it's, it's hard to, to try and get that message across in the right way to them. It is. And, and you
0: know, I think you, you've hit the nail right on the head. What is the best for the organisation overall mm. can get lost yeah. when individuals lower in the organisation, but I've got my targets, I've got my boss screaming
1: at me, yeah. you know. It's a really interesting tension inside businesses. You know, and we have examples sometimes where, you know, um, a local person, you know, a local salesperson will actually target a customer from one of our businesses within saint building distribution. Um, And, you know, and we do have to coach them and we do have to explain to them, you know, that this is not an an appropriate thing to do. Um, And it works both ways. You know, it's not good for us to do that to, to the other brand and it's not good for the other brand to do it to us either. Yeah. Have you tried approaches to resolving these
0: potential conflicts by transferring staff, for example, between the different brands so that people aren't born and bred a Gibbs person and will fight to the death for the Gibbs? Or is that a difficult thing to do, to transfer people between units? It's a very
1: good question. Um, Really, the culture of the two businesses is quite different. Um, So, you know, in in one of the larger building distribution businesses that we would have, um, typically, you know, the plans that they have are very top down, um, you know, because they are a huge business, for example, um, and they do need to have clear plans that everybody is is aligned to. Um, And, you know, and it's quite a top down sometimes approach that they have, um, whereas in our organization, all of our businesses are a lot more local. Um, You know, so we do have some boundaries and we do have some areas of where we say we want to focus, but when it comes to implementation, at local level, they are thinking very much for themselves in terms of actually how they're going to implement those things. So
0: I'm intrigued with this notion, and you draw the picture very clearly in terms of the top-down of a larger organizational unit and the the more bottom-up, kind of reactive, responsive of a smaller business unit. And that strikes me that there's an interesting tension here between the kind of the strategic role of kind of longer-term planning, you know, are we on plan, you know, you know, and rolling that out top-down, and the much more responsive but potentially financially driven. And so I'm very interested in this reconciliation between the, the planning uh, perspective and the financial control, you know, the, are you on budget this month, yeah. you, you know, What do you think are the issues that would drive an organization towards one or the other? Or do you think it's different between your units, for
1: example? I think um, it it comes down to the size of the organization sometimes um, and, you know, and the culture and the values of of how the organization operate. Um, You know, if you take, you know, a smaller business that I'm in charge of, you know, typically, you know, we're able to determine what our goals are and what our strategy is. And then we work back from there in terms of what do we want to achieve how do we want to achieve it um and then we do empower the colleagues so you know our values are empowerment trusted you know they're two of our key values um, and it's important whatever we do in terms of our planning we allow that element to come alive inside our business um, and we can't be too top down in order to achieve that um, but i think you know in as i say in a large organization um you do have an element of having to be a bit more sort of you know prescriptive in terms of you know what you want to achieve, how you want to achieve it. Because you know, when you've got thousands of employees, there needs to be some structure around how you go about um, achieving some of these objectives and your strategy. Um, but you know, as a business, we very much make decisions based on our values as a management team. Um, so I'll give you an example. You know, If we are um, making a decision at a, a leadership team meeting, um, we will often check in on those decisions to make sure they are aligned to our values, they are aligned to our vision as a business of what we're trying to achieve. Um, and we will hold ourselves to account for that. And we will also expect our colleagues to hold us to account for that as well. Um, but because we're a smaller organisation, we're able to do that and then we're able to manage by exception. If somebody is not able to achieve the things that we've set out for, um, then we will be able to manage by exception in that way rather than manage en masse, as an example.
0: It's a fascinating um, illustration of the merits of a smaller organization, you know, where everybody can share into this value. Um, this uh, what's the purpose of the organization set of issues and as far as customers are concerned that must be very appealing particularly for the smaller mid-sized organization i mean it's not to say that big organizations don't but often big organizations are looking at other kind of financially measured you know performance criteria but for a small to medium that that feels like it can be a really good
1: fit it can be as long as as long as you are, um, you know, living and breathing, walking the walk, talking the talk. As long as you're doing things in the right way, you know, sometimes you can have these objectives and you can have these values, but unless you are actually bringing them to life, um, if I give you an example, you know, um, one of our objectives, as I say, one of our values is to, to be empowered and trusted. You know, um, and prior to me coming back into this organisation. You know, we had stopped our colleagues in our branches from from being able to override customers' terms to trade on volume. Now, that is not an empowered way to do things, and it certainly is not a trusted way to do things. Um, but that's an example of where, you know, you have got a value, and you are not actually living by that value. Um, and it's quite quick that the colleagues can say, "Well, actually, you know, you're saying these things," but when it comes down to it. You're not really letting us do our roles in the right way. Um, So that's one example of how, you know, how you can be efficient, how you can really start to drive the performance of the business by living by the the values and vision that you've got.
0: This notion that the senior management needs to be close in terms of watching their examples, their behaviour from the standpoint of the front line team, but it also suggests that the senior team need to have humility as part of their conduct. They don't go around in a large entourage and, and you know, expect everything to smell of fresh paint,
1: you know, and, and then it's back to business as usual after they've left. Some of our best um, opportunities to improve the business are when one of our senior team go into one of our businesses and ask any colleague, how can we help you serve your customer better? And some of the answers to those questions that you get sometimes are absolutely gold. Um, You know, so I'll give you an example. You know, um, when I went into one of our branches before and asked that question, the guy on the counter was extremely, you know, upset, very stressed out because he could not do his role properly. So, for example, customers were coming in. If he needed to do a refund for a customer, the system was stopping him from doing it. So then there was a huge queue at the counter. It was <coughs> causing stress for the colleagues. It was causing stress for the customers. Um, and we fixed that within a week. And that saved a whole lot of stress and a whole lot of issues for lots and lots of people for a very, very long time just by asking one simple question. How can we help you serve your customers better? So what I do now is ask all of my, my senior team When you are in a branch never give up the opportunity of asking you know open questions and asking them questions like you know how can we improve the business and how can we help serve your customers better it makes a huge difference and you get some fantastic answers but again um you know in in a business the size of 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 gibbs and dandy as an example you know if we find one of these issues we can act on it extremely quickly and we can put into to place the changes that are needed to improve the business. So in my first six months of being back in the role um, as managing director, we had made so many small changes that made such a big difference by just making quick decisions and improving the business. Um, and, you know, we talk about the difference between a small business organization versus a big one. You know, sometimes in a, in a big organization, you have to go through so many levels of politics and decision-making to fix sometimes what can be such a small, small thing um, that can actually make a huge difference to the colleagues and customers.
0: It does suggest to me that actually you may be looking for a different sort of frontline colleague... Uh, than a large organisational unit which wants more compliance, um, sticking by the rules, Um, you're actually looking for somebody who will take an initiative, um, you you know, uh, do the right thing um, and and really buy into the values. Um, That must have its own issues in terms of how you run, for example, your
1: recruitment process, your promotion process. Yeah. You know, because we are... Definitely recruiting for attitude and behavior um, over skills, sometimes and knowledge of the business, of, of the, the industry as such. Um, you know, I know a lot of companies talk about this, quite often um, but we actually do do that Um, and you know our interview process um, you know the templates that we give to the managers are asking a lot more sort of softer skills type questions around you know would you consider yourself to be a smiley person for example Um, and you'd be very surprised that some people would say sometimes no um, so, of course, it's the case of trying to finish the interview as quick as possible. But, um, but you know, that's just a, a simple question that you could ask really just to find out the type of character that you are that you are looking to employ.
0: There's a whole interesting dynamic that's emerging here um, of the, the middle management issues, the senior management issues of a smaller unit – and clearly, you'll be under pressure to grow, as is every business. Do you think there'll be a time when this sort of approach gets challenged? And actually, you're almost facing the issue of if we get any bigger, we'll lose some of this.
1: You know, across all of the building distribution businesses that we've got, um, of course, there are some that are similar to ours, um, and we we have to continue to show um, value in having a business of our nature um so if for example you know the day came where the performance was significantly lower than one of the the bigger organizations that we've got um i think it would be quite an easy decision for the business to you know for example you know fold our organization into that particular one as an example um but we have to keep proving to the organization that actually there is a value in having us and you know there is a different slightly different customer base um we are in a different market in terms of our competition um you know we would normally see our competitors to be more of a independent type organization rather than a national um so you know there's definitely mileage in in having an organization like ours but um, but yeah you know we are continuously having to think about how can we prove to Sangaban that there is a need to have a business like ours um, and um, and one of the good examples of that is you know sometimes we've spoken earlier on about how we can act quickly and we can test things. Um, and one of the ambitions that I have for our business is that we can prove, concepts we can act quickly and we can trial things that sometimes could be easier for us to do so but at the same time could be a value to the wider organization in the future um the bigger businesses that we've got you know so we might be trialing something in our smaller business um but it could it could have massive potential across building distribution that value justification for for your role,
0: your continuing involvement in this large conglomerate, of which there are larger units, as you point out, suggest that the dissemination of, the, of your knowledge, the, the rapid uptake elsewhere, um, should be given quite a lot of attention. Um, do you use things like um, secondments so that people from larger units could come and work with you for three months and, and see how it works and see how it feels and get an understanding of the subtleties of what's involved as a way of taking that expertise back into their own unit and challenge it. What, what sorts of approaches have you
1: been able to, to adopt? There is, um, there's there's a lot to do with the um, the overall succession plan across building distribution and how the um, especially some of the more sort of middle to senior colleagues that we have, you know, how they sort of come into our business to learn how to be more agile, how to adapt to things, and then they go back back into the larger organization, hopefully with skills that enable them to be able to be a little bit more agile in a big organization like some of the ones that we have. Um, so, you know, I've worked in the larger businesses within Sangoban and I've worked in the smaller businesses and I've worked in the centre. You know, I understand all of the different elements that we have. Understand how the cogs work in the back, in the back office, um, and um, and 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 we have a lot of people that are in on succession plans that travel through the different businesses across sangoban Building Distribution.
0: In an earlier discussion,
1: um, the role of the manager and director.
0: Um, as a leadership development role, seems to have made a transition from where the perspective is on managing your own time and getting your own tasks done, to almost exclusively being about other people getting their role done and and getting theirs fulfilled. Then there's the other aspect, which is you working across this wider organization and upwards to, to gain resources. Sometimes there's conflicts there in, in your time commitments and your prioritisation,
1: which would be interesting to, to hear about. Yeah, it's um, it's a very very good question. So um, within my role, um, looking after the Gibson Dandy Group, as I say, you know, it is quite an agile organisation. Um, but from time to time from a building distribution perspective they ask me to sponsor or get involved in a project that is in a different business or across the whole of Sangoban building distribution as an example um, and when that happens you can see straight away the polar opposites in terms of how the two different types of the business work um, so when you go into you know dealing with project management the PMO within like the Sango round building distribution teams, all of a sudden you get swept along with all of the meetings that are needed, all of the stakeholder engagement that is needed to get things done. Um, And then all of a sudden the process takes a long, long time to complete. Um, And sometimes it can be quite frustrating as well, some of the processes that you have to go through in order to get something done. Um, So, you know, coming out of the larger organization into the smaller one that I'm in now, sometimes you forget that. Until you have, until you come across it again, or you get asked to sponsor a project in Sangavan or you know, uh, so yeah, it's it's a, it's an interesting one. It opens up a whole different area of discussion, you know, of of being a middle manager in a global organisation. I'll give you an example um, of of how all of the different organisations have to sort of come together. Um, you know, when I first came into the business, we do a monthly induction plan in program um, onboarding for new colleagues. So I asked to sit in secret on that on that session. Even I couldn't completely understand how they were trying to explain it. Um, and and I think that is one of the important things is trying to think well, how can we how can we explain. The wider organisation, in the context of the more sort of you know, um, even sometimes some of our middle management in our business, you know, how does it all fit? You know, how does it? How do we make sure our plans are aligned to the overall business plans from Sangovan's perspective? Um, is always quite a challenge to articulate to people.
0: And it's very tempting, and a number of organisations have said it's just too hard. Um, we'll have our top-down plan, and we just run it through the numbers. Mm. But increasingly, when you look at the history of those organisations, I mean, GE jumps to mind, Mm -hmm. that you get all this struggling at year-ends to make your numbers, that it jeopardises your future. And and these organisations
1: don't have longevity. But, you know, um, within Sangeram they've been most successful over the recent years um, and the share price has, has benefited um, off the back of it um, by being a lot more focused on their sort of longer-term plans the longer-term vision um, showing that you know we are serious about you know the environment you know we are a sustainable business um, the more the more we focus on these areas the stronger the business um, performs overall, and the stronger the share price becomes, and you know the investors listen and they and they understand what direction the business is going in. So it's definitely, you know, it's definitely some mileage in making sure that you are a business of that nature.
0: It, it is most intriguing to to talk and most refreshing to talk to somebody who has been through across a number of different units of different natures. Um, and portrays so clearly the merits of a different stance from what is so contemporarily mainstream, uh, particularly in the context of a publicly traded organization. So it's been a most fascinating conversation. and, And thank you very much indeed for your time, Tony. You're welcome. Thank you. The Middle was conceived and produced by Stephen Wilson, For notifications of future episodes, just click the follow button. Thank you for listening.